Well, I think too many people get stuck in the productivity porn too, right? Where they, which one's better, OmniFocus or Todo or Todoist? And ultimately, they're all the same. You just take your own crappy process with you. And the reason the new one feels really good is because you're not going to do any of the 20,000 things you were never going to do in the first place that were sitting in your old system. Hey, hey, feasters. How do you like that new theme? I love it. It's definitely get you into that groove and get you into building your own business. Welcome to episode two of season three of the Live in the Feast podcast. I'm Jason, and if you're new to the show, Live in the Feast is a seasonal podcast for freelancers looking to build a profitable business and get recurring revenue so that you can live the life of your own design. If you aren't new to the show, how do you like the new music? Let me know. Send me a tweet or just hit me up anywhere. I hope you like the vibe. We've got a great show for you today with Curtis McHale, author, developer, coach, and most of all, a family man. So you know I like him. I've known Curtis for a number of years now, and for the sake of full disclosure, he is my business mentor. I wanted to bring Curtis onto the show because he's a family man, but he teaches the way of prioritizing time, and he shapes his business to meet the needs of him and his family. Today, we dive into his story a bit on how he realized that even when working from home, he didn't see his kids as often as he'd like and how he resolved that. We also talked about how he transitioned from web development into other aspects of the business like writing books, coaching and mentoring, and his thought process around productivity. He leverages constraints like no other person I've met before. So let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Feast, the premium online coaching and community designed for web developers, designers, marketers, and freelancers of all type wanting to specialize their business and build recurring revenue that's profitable and sustainable. Today's market is ever-changing, and yesterday's advice won't cut it. Feast members get access to the roadmap and training library, which includes everything you need to niche down, build recurring revenue, and become that go-to respected person for your services. That, together with monthly roundup calls, exclusive workshops, expert chit chats and our slack community you'll have everything you need to live the life of your own design if you're serious about not competing on price and having clients that respect you and your expertise then join feast head over to feastcourse.com today Hey, Feasters. So today's featured guest is Curtis McHale. Welcome, Curtis. Thanks, Jason. Curtis is a husband, father, and web developer who works with companies building membership websites over at sfndesign.ca. He's Canadian, folks. (laughs) (laughs) He's He's also a writer and a business coach who works with freelancers, helping them see their families more. Mm. Curtis, I'm sure I didn't do that intro justice enough, so why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit more about who you are and why you do what you do. Yeah, and so like you said, I am a writer, freelancer that likes to help people run the business they want 
and earn the what they want and see their family at the same time. So I actually view both businesses doing the same thing. I'm helping you on the membership side and I'm doing a lot of the technical stuff for you then, but so that you can run the business you want um, and uh, and get to see your family like you like you should. So help you automate the business some ways, other stuff like that, which is what I do very much with freelancers as well, help them achieve those goals. So, all right, you've got on your website, I don't know, it's got to be about 300 plus quotes at this point. Um, what's your favorite? My favorite quote? Oh, I don't even think it's on there, but my favorite quote, the quote that I live by is by the uh, preeminent philosopher, Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy's character. And it says, if you don't write it down, it didn't happen. That's, I don't even think that's on there, but I've referenced it a few times. <laughs> that's funny. You don't even have your favorite quote in your quote library. No, I just remember it so much. So like, I think that like someone will say to me, Hey, let's meet. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, you're not writing it down. It's like, no, it's probably not going to happen then. Mm. just yeah it's just not gonna happen if i don't write it down if i don't track it in some way it's just not gonna happen so yeah just know that yeah i mean me i have something similar like <laughs> it's it's if it's not on my calendar it won't get done mm. or i'll skip yep. it or i'll forget about it or something and it took a little bit a little bit of time for my wife to get used to that because she'd be like hey did you do this thing i said mm. uh it wasn't on my list she goes oh that list yeah 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 <laughs> And we have that here too, right? So even today, my wife has a has to coach at three o'clock, and I remember her telling me this like a few weeks ago, and she normally doesn't work at three o'clock on Fridays, just every other day of the week. And and when I said, "Oh, I have a meeting today at such and such a time," this was probably two days ago or three days ago, she's like, "But I have to coach." And I was like, "Is it on the calendar? No. Is it on your mom's calendar on the wall? No." And I was like, "Then it's not my problem. Like, it's just not my fault. Like, there's nothing I can do. I will see what time I can be back. Um, and I can be back in time. Like, if, as long as I." I have an hour to do my other meeting later and still get back in time across town. So it should be fine. But it's like, it's got to be written down. If it's not down, then I, I don't feel bad about this. You didn't put it down anywhere for me to see. Mm. So even yep. though I remember the conversation, like I can't plan my week on that though. Yep. Same here. Same here. So what would you consider your defining moment in life so far? My defining moment? Probably, not probably, it would be some somewhere along the lines of, realizing that I was doing a lot of work and not getting to see my kids as much, despite working, you know, above them in many ways, right? I working in my office upstairs lots of times and not just not getting to spend the time that I wanted with them, not getting to go on hikes with them in the week and other stuff like that. And that was when I started to change how my business ran so that I could do more of those things. So how long ago was that? Oh, it was probably uh, four or five years ago now, something like that. When I really started to take my business seriously be right around the same time that I worked for a web development agency and I worked more overtime in three months than I worked like, I don't know, probably ever. Um, Cause I don't generally work weekends. I don't generally work evenings at all ever. Um, but I did like for three months, I did like every weekend at evenings all the time for them. And that was, so it'd be, be right around the same time when I realized I wasn't seeing my kids like I wanted to. And then I got back out into business and took my business from, you know, where it was making 50 or $60,000 a year and up to into the six figure realm for a business that I was not putting any more time into. Like I think I took in the first year I did that, I took like every Friday off every Friday by noon, I was done. Just like I went for a bike ride or, you know, sat at the coffee shop or whatever I felt like for a couple hours in the afternoon before I picked up my kid from daycare. That's interesting. Yeah. So to unpack that a little bit, it's, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it sounds like, I mean, you were essentially because you were working at home, um, you were in a separate part of the house than mm -hmm. your kids. And at the time, 
I mean, it kind of aligns with what you talked about today or what you talk about today in, in helping other people, whether it's a freelancer or a business, mm-hmm. spend more time with their families. That was what you looked at as your defining moment because mm-hmm. you wanted that same thing. Yeah, and I always wanted to be... I always wanted to be a dad. I always wanted to be a good father, even when I was 18. I just didn't want to be one yet. Um, And so I had this probably a vision in my head of what that would look like. And some of it was, you know, so wild as to be be not even (laughs) realistic. But parts of it were like, I want to be around. I want to, uh, I walked my daughter to school this morning. I walk her to school um, the couple days a week. She actually has a class because we homeschool. I help with homeschool. I take her spots. She comes out and works with me at the coffee shop sometimes, my oldest especially, because she is old enough to do that. But like getting to go take a break in the middle of the day and like read stories for an hour to one of my children is great or getting to like, you know, have a morning hug all the time because I start work fairly early and then I, you know, go join them for breakfast for a bit most days. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I wanted. Um, and being able to facilitate for my wife some of the things she really wants to do. She is the main caregiver to our children right now, but I can cut out by three o'clock pretty much every day of the week and so that she can go coach figure skating and do other stuff which makes less money but the sense of joy that it brings her is she just just lights up there's no right i was running with a friend this morning and she built a website for our friend and he was saying as we were running like when she talked about figure skating she lit up doing that and being able to make that work in the midst of our family with the choices we've made is what i wanted Mm. yeah no i get that totally i mean we just literally yesterday we got a swing set installed in our backyard for TJ. I saw that. And (laughs) what's funny was that, you know, he lit up, like it was great to watch him. He was at the window watching the guys put it up. And and, and, I mean, he's a little over one. So, I mean, it's like, does he understand really what that is out there? I don't know, but Mm -hmm. he was very intrigued and interested. He had a big smile on his face. And then in the evening when it wasn't raining anymore, it was still cloudy. It was kind of muggy. Um, and we went outside and he ran right across the grass with this big grin on his face, went straight to the swings, the slide, everything. And it was, it was great. And me and my wife just at, at nighttime on the couch together after we put him to bed, she just turned to me and she goes, I love that we can have the life that we have and allow him to live a very happy life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that I definitely, it resonates big with me to, to, you know, be that family guy, mm-hmm. so to speak. So I've seen that with my oldest daughter when I take her out to the coffee shop and work. Like she is excited to get in work. And then the one local coffee shop, uh, like they have coloring pictures for kids and she like colors pictures and they put them up for her. And she just, like she talks about that all the time. Oh, my, my, my dad took me at working this week and she's like ecstatic. And other people are like, really? And it's like, well, you know, I missed a bit of work, but I was like, I literally am working. She'll start to talk like, interacting a bunch. I'm like, honey, I'm working. We can talk, but I need to do some work first. And I try to plan my work appropriately. So I'm doing stuff that takes those interruptions because she's seven. She's has questions, but, um, and I couldn't take my four-year-old cause she's too wild, but, um, just being able to do that and watching those, those experiences, right. And letting her have, so you don't have quality time unless you have some quantity of time. You can't just right. you know, ignore them all for, you know, all, most of the year and be like, Oh, we're going on a big vacation. Yeah. But you need to have like, some better interaction before to have a relationship that makes that vacation where you can really connect. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. Love that. So was ultimately, was that the reason for you to start your own business? I know that you said when you're 18, Hmm. you wanted to be that family guy, just not yet. But so 
is is ultimately being around for your family the reason why you started your own business? Yeah, yeah. So my dad worked for IBM for years and he traveled all over and he was well known for lots of stuff. I don't remember lots. I don't remember lots of it because I was just too young. Uh, and he didn't travel as much internationally when I was older. But my mom says he was gone for six months one time to Hong Kong with something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't say I was by four. I don't remember. Um, I remember him being like out early before we left and he'd get home for dinner at 630 and just not that my dad was terrible in any way. Like he's a great man. He made uh, many mistakes as I'm going to make, I'm sure. Um, but that's what he did. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be around for my kids where I could walk them to school. Right. I drop uh, all of my kids off at school every morning that they have to go to classes. My wife usually picks mm-hmm. them up, but I'm usually the one who my, my four-year-old just told me that yesterday when I dropped her off for preschool that I love, she loves the morning time. We listen to a song from trolls and headbang our way to school. Cause you have to headbang <laughs> to trolls evidently. And she's like, okay. I love my time with you in the morning, daddy, where we can just talk. And I'm like, you don't talk. We like headbang and you, you talk to me and I turn down the music and you're like, turn it up again. I'm like, okay. I can't hear what you're saying. But like she just <laughs> loves that interaction, that time spent. Right. And my youngest is she's not even two yet. So she doesn't know, but doesn't, doesn't make those, that doesn't have that thought process yet, but getting to spend that time was very important to me. So my children have never known me not to work at home, which always is funny too. Mm. When they're like, dad, you work all the time. And I'm like, you just have no idea. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no idea what like it's normal. Right. And, right, yeah. and even my, one of my kids, my middle one asked recently, like, Hey, does their dad live with them? And I was like, yeah, their dad lives with them. He just works all day. So that's why you don't see him. And she just doesn't know this. Right. <laughs> Right. He's an electrician. He works. He just goes out, you know, early in the morning and comes back, you know, for dinner time. So but she assumed that meant he didn't live with them because she didn't see her dad. Unlike, mm. like me, you know, she sees me. Yeah. My wife and I both work from home mm-hmm. now and <laughs> we will oftentimes wonder as TJ grows up and he interacts with more and more kids, he's going to be like, well, where's your parents? Yeah. yeah. Where are they? You know, like, <laughs> do they live with you? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, how they, how they interpret things. Mm-hmm. So, in building your business, um, you know, obviously we've we've kind of touched upon a lot of the high points. What was the the low point in your career, and how did you overcome that? I think there's different low points, right? Um, there's different frustrations. A lot of them probably come to money. So, just before I took that development job for three months, I was just tired of dealing with clients. I was doing okay, right? So I was making say fifty to sixty thousand a year. I was doing okay, but I was taking a lot of work to make that. Lots and lots of work. So that was one of the low points. I didn't feel like I was really earning what I should, and I didn't feel like I was where I should be yet. And I think you always look at the success of other people have and assume it's far superior to whatever you are, because you're not living their day to day. So there's some mm. I guess dis- discontent. So I took a job and I was like, totally, this will be the solution. And it was not the solution, but it did, did help me have a kick in the ass to start taking my business more seriously. That was one low point. I think one lower point was even over the last year as I've transitioned out of doing more development and into more coaching that my income has decreased. And looking at that, like it's been tougher. We've had to cut a few things uh, family wise and financially, and we've continued to work through it. But just seeing that going from, oh, you know, it was a very, well-grossing, solid, decent six-figure business and being you know, well below that now. And, and in some ways back to where I was, but also looking at it like after doing it for, you know, say about two years now that I'm so far ahead where I would have two years into my development business, like it's not even the same thing. I just have three children mm. now. My wife doesn't work anymore. So it's a totally different financial equation. Mm. Yeah. Those are probably two 
two of the lower points. So one, I would say I'm still working through a bit and continuing to work the processes that I know work and just, I suppose, in some ways, hanging on. You hear that a lot with people, right? You just need to hang on and keep going, and then eventually you'll um, you'll get to where you want to be. But it's sometimes hard to hang on, right? You'll see that when you uh, when you have clients, you're like, oh, this client's terrible, but I should. I guess I'll say yes because I don't have anything coming down the pipeline. I remember doing this as a developer when I was only doing that and and just hanging on sometimes and and realizing oh wait i got a way better client there's way more money and not a pain in the ass or um you know or taking or occasionally taking one and being like oh this client's a, a real hard person to work with and i don't like the work and i just don't like any part of it and someone else has offered me work that i can't take now who i would really right. like to work with like i've been on both sides of that and so now being 10 years into running my own business i know that i'll just i'll just keep hanging on how does that sound and we'll continue to work things work things out whether that means you know, I, I've been, I know I've been pretty open with you about this, Jason, whether that means I take a job um, with someone else doing more coaching, doing more training stuff, and uh, then continue to build my personal coaching business on the side, or whether that means that I do something else, right? I'm, so I'm doing more writing and more content instead of development as well to continue mm. to bridge the gap so that I can move to where I want to be. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you, br- you brought up a couple of great points there in that, you know, as you were successful in the development realm there you had a desire or a passion to switch or pivot Mm. so to speak your business now i mean i think a lot of freelancers think about doing that because they see like you were saying before is like you see especially on social media and stuff everybody puts on you know the gold of what their life is but nobody talks about any of the struggles that they're having so i did not put on my social media when my child pooped her pants for the third time yesterday (laughs) no why not because i was kind of angry actually it's only two but there's an emoji for that i'm i'm sure there is there's also there's there's also profanity for that which i did not use in front of my children I did not discourage her, but yeah. Yeah. So, so when you decided, I mean, what was the what was the process to say? Okay, look, here's a successful part of my business, mm. and and I'm looking for this. I don't want to say the word, but it it is. It's a side project, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Initially, right, the yep. coaching and the writing and all that. What was the thought process like? Where you're saying, okay, I need to dedicate certain time of the day to this side thing to see if this is a viable offering that I can have or a viable avenue in which I can expand my business. Mm-hmm. So it's start, I have a counseling degree first. It's probably the best lead into this. And I did not do counseling because the model with which you help people just didn't jive with me as I, I'm more of the, hey, like, why didn't you do it last week? Stop being dumb. Like just do it, right? right? right. Or, or or not do it. If you're going to say no, that's fine. If this is not really your goal, totally fine. Let's just figure out what it is and work the other way. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't like excuses. Um, and so, and counseling, there's a lot more of that. And not to say by any means that counseling is bad. It just was not for me, right? I've, I've been, my wife and I have been to see counselors over our 15 years married because we just needed that extra help to really talk through things. Um, so I spent 10 years doing web development and as I built a six-figure business I literally I'd be like I remember sitting down for sushi one time and a friend 
called me and said, "Hey Curtis, I just I was just negotiating a contract and I quoted I think he said uh, $3,000 and and you know, but I I think I'm really worth more." And I was like, "Dude, you're worth way more than that." And we got him up to $4,000, but I think he's worth 6. Um, but that, we had a 15-minute call where I talked about how he should position himself uh, and how he could reframe the conversation now that he'd already quoted a lower rate and what he needed to say to just justify it in that terms because he said a lower rate and he hit 4000 easily. He's like, yeah, it was like a five-minute call. Thanks, Curtis. Like with that he had with his client to get a higher rate even. Um, and I kept having more of those things happen where people were like just calling me and saying, hey, Curtis, can I pick your brain for this? Or can I talk about that? Can I, I have this question about doing a client. How did you vet this client? And then I and I liked writing, and so I was writing already, and just kind of kept snowballing until I started. I think one of my coaching clients now, uh, she probably bugged me for like a year when I'd say anything about a mastermind group. She's like, "When you start one, let me know. I want to pay you." I was like, "Oh, okay." And now she's you know she's been in a mastermind for a while now, and there was a few people that were like that initially as well. So I finally took the plunge and stopped being scared and and did it. So and again, some of my tra- my original training helped me do that. I took no computer science stuff. I taught myself how to build websites from scratch while doing my counseling degree. I mean, full disclosure to everybody listening, Chris, I, you know, he's my business coach, right? Did you just um, call me Chris? For, uh, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I love it. Well, all right. We can edit. Uh, right? yeah, if you want, I would never do that, though. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I love it. Well, we've actually talked about we've talked about uh, misnaming folks. Oh yeah, right? somebody called me Chris for two years, and I after after yeah, the first right. month, I was like, I just don't care. It's not worth it. You know who yeah. I'm talking to. I know who you're talking to. There's no point in making a big deal. And till he realized two years later and was like, he felt bad. I was like, I don't care. I really don't care. That's fine. It's okay. Don't worry about it, John. It's fine. Exactly right. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but that was for me. I'll be honest, mm. when, I mean, I first started reading your blog, I mean, I, to this day, I know exactly the article, mm-hmm. right? It was, you know, saying no. Yeah, right? yeah. And for me, I it connected with me because I, like I, you know, I'm, I'm from New York, right? I'm, I'm a pretty straight shooter with folks. I like to be genuine and honest mm-hmm. and as direct as I possibly can be. And, you know, uh, for when I was trying to shape my business to where it is today, I was like, am I okay in, in saying no? So I just basically Googled that and your article came up and that's kind of how I started to, you know, follow you a little bit more. And I was like, Hey, this guy is very direct. I could, I can relate to this. Right. And like you said, no excuses. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if, if it's not important, right. If you're not doing it or you're pushing it aside, then it's not important. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I always, I always refer to you on in conversations all the time is like, look, you're not going to find time in the couch cushions like change. <laughs> nope. right? Like you have to make time. You know, uh, you I have think to, you make you time. To, you right, choose you to have use to the time. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So, you know, you're always so very, I don't know what the word is, but like creative with your wording. And th- for me, that's, you know, I, I, that's what I admire most about you, you know, in, in the way that you are direct in that, in that sense. And I think that serves you well. well I think that you just need to be, and I, as I said initially, even I don't suffer fools well sometimes. I don't, if you're not going to do something, like if you're not going to blog all the time, that's fine. I don't, I don't actually care. But what are you going to do to bring people in anyways to market your business? Because if you're not selling yourself, no one is. Um, 
right. don't care. But if you're going to say you're going to blog, then either do it and choose to use your time appropriately to do it, or say you're not going to do it and let's figure out what you're going to do instead. That's it, right? Or I, <laughs> I've been told that I love uh, when I have an idea and it's stupid. You just say that's a dumb idea. Good. That's that's what I want, right? Because that's what that's right. what people want. They don't want me to. Um, to just be around the bush. Even a few of the, and if you go to my site, it's firmly marketed towards men. I talk about like being a father and I have a few women mm -hmm. clients for a while. I had 50% female clients. And when I talked to a couple of them about that, they're like, Oh no. When I like, I did it. I coached with a lady before. And it was always like 20 minutes of how I felt. And I was like, I just, you're just like, no, that's a bad idea. Don't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and at least the tone with which I've said it, they never felt it like a personal attack, but I said it directly instead of like spending 20 minutes talking about their feelings and not that I don't, I'm not will. I am willing to talk about that. And a few of, uh, of my coaching clients have had other life circumstances go on where I have literally been more, more of a counseling star role, or I've stepped back and we've had a private conversation about some traumatic life circumstances. But otherwise, I'm like, this, if you're not gonna sure. do it, don't do it. Like, don't lie to me. Just either do it or don't. That's right. it. Right. Yeah. No. And that's you know, it's one of the the great things. Like, I mean, it goes into a lot of what you talk about with productivity. <laughs> you know, just being able and, and, you know, with, I mean, every productivity hack that's out there on the planet, you're all about just writing stuff down, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, you know, your book, your new book, analog, and that's spelled the Canadian way or the, and the British yep. way too, yep. I think. Same. right? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's all about, Hey, pull out a pen and paper, mm -hmm. write what you got to do down and check it off, yep. right? Like, you know, that's one of the things that I've been doing maybe about for the past mm -hmm. year or so is, you know, planning out when I plan out my week, I write down at least three to five things that I have to get accomplished that week, right? And they're written out. It's not on like, you know, OmniFocus or Todoist or any yeah, of those yeah. tools. It's, it's on my desk. I see it. I think too many people get stuck in the productivity porn too, right? Where they which one's better, OmniFocus or To-Do or Todoist, and ultimately they're all the same. You just take your own crappy process with you. And the reason the new one feels really good is because you're not going to do any of the 20,000 things you were never going to do in the first place that were sitting in your old system. So that's mm -hmm. why a new book is great. There's lots of things that never get written down, and I'm not going to do them, so I just don't feel bad about it. Or when I look at a project, I'm like, this is a, feels like a lot of work to move it a few pages forward. I probably just didn't even do the project because if it was like really exciting and important, I would just it would be easy to move it. So... It's a good constraint. Mm. I like, I love constraints. Yeah. No, that's so, so is that, I mean, I know pen and paper, mm -hmm. right. Is, is, is that your thing now? Cause I know that you were drawing for a while too. I'm not able to draw as much cause I launched the new book podcast. I would love to get back to it, but I need to choose what I will use my time on. And that has to be editing audio right now. Sometimes editing it twice. Cause you realized they sucked the first time. <laughs> Gotcha. And you're doing everything mobile. So you, you've even put that constraint on things. I have. Uh, yeah. So a while ago, as I was not wanting to do development anymore, I decided that I would own, I only new tasks, all new projects will need to take iOS only. And then I just kept working on it. And it has been a great constraint. It has actually helped me write more because it's so easy. I'm sitting right now. I'm recording. This is the one part I can't do uh, from my uh, iPad yet. Um, 
but I'd be sitting like recording, doing something, trying to write, and I just have a second screen kicking around and I have something on it, and I'd be like, oh, it's distracting, or it's so easy to switch between different applications, like I'm just going to check Twitter quickly or something like that. And there's enough of a mm-hmm. barrier in iOS. The keyboard commands work really well, but there's a few little quirks. Like if you command tab through something and you hold command down and you hit the next app and try to do it like command something inside that app, it doesn't work. You have to lift up command and do it, like press it again and inside the app only. Um, and that just those little like little things, you're like, oh, this is just, oh, I just can't switch the apps then. I guess I can't check these other things out. Perfect. So it has been great. <laughs> and let me tell you, my backpack is super light with like a battery and <laughs> my iPad Pro and that's it. And that's, that's all I got. Yeah. As long as you have a charge someplace, you're good yeah, to yeah. go. Yeah. And say the battery I have charges it like all day, two or three days in a row. We'll keep it at like full. So it's great. Uh, and then just having those, having that enforced constraint about what I can do, what I can't do. And then, um, yeah. And again, it's easy to pull up my iPad and edit audio quickly for, you know, 20 minutes here and 20 minutes there. It's easy when my kids are playing at the park, the supervising, at least the, you know, the two-year-old at the local park and I'll edit audio at the picnic table for a while. Cause I'm just, I'm sitting there. I could watch them, but I'm just sitting there. So I could read a book too and I'll edit some audio instead. Nice. That's actually, that's actually pretty cool. Like I, I've realized now that once it gets warmer out mm-hmm. and I realized this at the end of last, last fall ish, summer ish, fall ish, that I could take my laptop outside, sit on the back and all morning long be constrained by just the screen size yep. of the laptop. Yep. Right. So I don't have the dual monitor thing going on and all that. And it does allow me to focus in on what I, what I do out there is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, thought processes, like explore, brainstorm, that kind of thing. Um, and research. Right. So, you know, that those constraints in and around what you do on your everyday basis for, for me has been helpful. It sounds like for you, it's been helpful. Um, but what would you say to somebody that says, Oh, well, I, you know, you, I need the double screen or I need, you know, a large computer and all that. Maybe you do. But I would guess that likely you've defaulted to a mode of working. Now, there are some things, right? I just found, I'm not going to pronounce the name. It's like B-R-U-S-F-R-I. It's Swedish. Well, just, it's a noise-canceling app. And so that was one constraint I had on, I had to do a denoise work, audio work on my uh, back. But I mm-hmm. found a solution which sounds, listening to all their audio samples, sounds like it will do really well um, for getting the type of noise that I find in my audio. Uh, and it's just, and honestly, now, like, if my if my house burned down, I had to go buy a new, uh, like, computer to get my stuff done. I'm at, I think it's four four fifty nine in Canada for Apple's newest iPad, the education version. Like, that's my whole office. And I, I guess I could buy a keyboard. So $500 mm-hmm. Canadian? Like, that's it. That's my whole office. I got everything back, right? And then I pay, in theory, for my development work, I paid DigitalOcean $5 a month for a server. So I'm, my iPad is a thin client, I suppose, to get really nerdy. Right. And I just, I use all right. my, like I use Vim and everything already. So I just, it's all on the server now instead. And I don't, I cut my deploy, deployment process. So I cut $15 out of my, uh, out of my regular expenses. Cause I didn't need it. I cut, I've cut a whole bunch of expenses, like monthly ones. So you think buying a $30 uh, terminal app to really run well and be able to code well on your iPad is like expensive, but it paid for itself in two months. Just in like, just in mm. one app that I reduced on and a whole bunch of other stuff that it's reduced. So 
and then even like thinking, so how do I render books? It's, it's been an interesting technical challenge from a nerd point of view, but it's also been a really good constraint. I've got lots of writing done. Um, I feel quite creative generally. And there's a few pieces that I want to get together um, ergonomically and other stuff still to really, to really seal the deal on that. But my office is very inexpensively replaced and everything is already in the cloud and I'm just fine. So I could see myself still having a computer around for things like big photo backup and stuff. But other than that, I don't think... I don't think that I even need one now. There are a few things that are nice to do on it. Very cool. So to trans transition that into you know something that you would say to one of your coaching clients as far as if they're having if they're having some struggle with a client or struggle with their business in some form or fashion, would you say to the, say to them, you know, let's create some boundaries Absolutely. or let's create some constraints. With yeah. Those. So one of the first constraints that I ever started adding to my business is that um, if you want to get in touch with me, then uh, like about a project, then you have to have uh, answered this email. It's about seven questions and asking a whole bunch of stuff around like, why are we doing the project? Who's the decision makers? What's the, your, like, what's the big outcome in this? Mm -hmm. What's a whole bunch of other stuff and what's your budget. And if you don't answer those questions, then you don't, we don't move forward past that. And I've had some clients be really pissed at one person one time, oh, that was probably two years ago, say, you value your process over people. You just love process, 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 and you don't even <laughs> like people. And uh, I'd already only replied with, hey, it sounds like sounds like you need to find someone else. Have good luck with your project. This is like, my third time. And so I actually have a snippet, at least on Mac. Uh, and I, I don't in iOS, but that said um, F you and rendered itself out to have oh, good luck with your project. Have a wonderful day. And, and once I've sent that once, I usually only ever send that back. And so having some of those processes and constraints let me know and, and also change the equation, right? So when you email me and say, hey, I have this thing to be done, I'll, here's here's my whatever, seven or nine questions. Um, and doing that let me really just nail down, like, who's who's serious? Because some people would never answer. And I'd follow up once, and if they didn't answer it, then we're not interested. Clearly, the project is not that important to you. But other people answer it and, like, have had, whoa, these are great questions. I'm going to need a week because I wasn't – everyone else has just like, asked me technical stuff. But clearly, you think about, like, this at a totally different level and, like, a real business. Like, yes. And then when you get to the conversation later, like, you're twice as expensive as everyone else. And I said, oh, okay. And? Right? And they're like, <laughs> right, well, right. you know, did you bring your prices – or do you bring your prices down? No. Why? Right? What if I bring in extra work? Oh, that's great. No. Right? And even remembering, so I even violated one of my own rules there. When someone says, wow, you're expensive, your response is nothing. You say nothing back because I didn't ask you a question. Just sit there. Mm -hmm. Right? And most of the times I say, you're expensive. And you sit there quietly. And I even had, did you hear me? Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to say? Like, you didn't ask me a question, did you? You just made a statement. If it's not valuable to you, then don't do it. And they said, oh, okay, well, I'll send you the deposit tomorrow. Like, that was it. They were really just wanting a discount. <laughs> um, right? And sometimes sometimes other, sometimes other, the value is finding a cheaper supplier. That's totally fine, right? I want to engage with people where I'm really talking about your business and doing a lot of the same things I do in coaching and doing the technical aspect for you. Why are you doing this? Why are we doing this feature? Is it valuable to you? If it's not valuable to you, let's just not do it. Yeah, no, I think it, it's something that I think a lot of newer freelancers don't do. They kind of just, hey, look, the client's paying me. I'll do what what what's convenient mm -hmm. for them. And they find that in the end, sure, you might have launched a website, but was the project as successful, right? Is the client as happy as they could have been um, had you had 
had these conversations, like you said, like it, let's explore the reason why we're doing this. What, what, ha- what's the effect that this is going to have on your business? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who is it for? You know, are we saving time? Are we getting more money? You know, like all these questions need to be answered before you could say, Hey, I want that button to be over on the left. Yeah. Right. Like, because what does that button do? Right. So. Mm-hmm. I even looked at clients' content and said, like, what's your market again? And they tell me, and I was like, none of your market cares about this content right here. And they say, oh, no, they do. I was like, no, you care about the content. You love it because it's your business, but none of your clients care. Email them and ask them. And they've emailed and asked, and like, you're right, nobody cares. I'm like, if you want it on there, that's fine, but let's just be realistic that you're doing it for yourself, not for not to make more sales. It's for you, so you, so you feel good. And they're always, and usually they're, and they're usually annoyed at first, but then they're, I'm glad that someone really talked me through this. And so I'm not going to do more content like that. Right. I do the coaching clients too. Mm -hmm. And one just recently, a big, very excited about this post. And what do you think? And I, maybe I'll turn this into a book. And I asked, are you trying to like do coaching stuff? Well, no. And it's like, so which one of your clients that we were talking about doing angular testing, which one of your clients is going to read this and care? None of them. I'm like, oh, so if you want to do it, that's fine. But just realize that's what you're marketing to none of the clients you want. Right. Yep. It's like, uh, you're right. I should just stop this. I'm like, if you enjoy it, you want to write that stuff too, go for it. I don't care. But just realize that as you do it, you're marketing sort of to your peers for a service you don't sell. Yeah. That's, that's something that I had to learn for, I don't know, a long time, too long. Right. And like, you know, writing out content, writing out, you know, things that, developers mm-hmm. do like right? get like, the title that that's point. your best post get the title <laughs> right <laughs> right at the current time <laughs> of this recording that is the best most highest trafficked mm-hmm. article on my website you to no end. Best yep, performing? I know. that's why i brought right. it up 100 percent, because it doesn't get <laughs> nope. me any clients so it's it's pointless it's pointless to even be there hey right? when my so wife was learning it, about sites and she asked me the difference i said oh search r-e-z-z-z get the title you'll find the best post on it and she was like really and i was like yeah and he'll hate it because i reinforced the search engine on that <laughs> you're welcome yeah thank you hey save me having to do it man <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. It's it, it's to this day. Every time I log in, it's boom top. But yeah, but that's what it is. I mean, you know, I had a conversation with a a, a freelancer who had a full time job, and he was looking to go freelancing. Right? He wanted to break away from that, and he said, "Well, what's the what's the what are the jobs out there that I could get as an individual developer?" So so I you know I said, "Well, first go get the job." that you can do from your skill set mm-hmm. purposes, right? Don't worry about all the other shiny objects out there, right? Just work within what you're good at, your skill set wise, because all of the other things like contracts, client mm-hmm. communication, follow up, delivery, all of those other things, you're not good at. And you know, you might be you might have some skills in that but this is your business yeah. now, right? And you want to perfect those portions of your business because that's what people, that's what other business owners are going to want, right? You're not going to get a testimonial saying how you, how awesome you refactored this no. piece of code. It's just nope. never going to happen, right? But you will get a business owner saying, Hey, he was responsive to our needs. He increased our revenue X percent, blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. And that'll resonate with other business owners mm-hmm. more, right? So. I, I definitely, you know, can can ag- agree with you on the fact that look, 
put stuff out there that is going to attract the people that you want to attract. And I have a whole GitHub or whatever, the GitHub blog where you use Jekyll or something, right? And that's just for like nerdy things. Mm -hmm. Like here's something I thought about in Linux today. I just write there when I want to do a one-off post on that because I don't want to have it on my Mm -hmm. site necessarily, right? (laughs) I want to write about it because I just enjoy writing and I enjoy, I think that, you know, the, the learn... Uh, do teach model right where you start to teach it after so i get to express my thoughts mm-hmm. and it helps me just solidify my own learning it's great but i don't i don't care if you read it necessarily it's curtismichael.github.io if you care i post on it once in a while maybe <laughs> but, well we'll drive some traffic to it <laughs> oh boy great so this this has been an awesome conversation before i let you go um what does life look like for you today uh, as in today i went for a big run no, I'm, so most of my work days now are uh, up early, work for a few hours, go for a run, hang out with the kids, and then and then move on, do some coaching, and do I do coaching on Fridays, and and work on development stuff in the afternoons only. All my morning time is work on my own stuff, where I write blog posts that accidentally turn into books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Very cool, awesome. I love that. More constraints, right? Mornings. More constraints. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I only work about six hours a day, and that's it for like that's it ever. I'm striving for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's not that ideal, but you know, my wife has to work at three, so that's my time. Yep. No, I get it. It's awesome. Well, thank you, Curtis. <laughs> no, no, I was being emphasizing Curtis. Ah, uh, okay. Well, thanks, John. <laughs> Anytime. <We're- laughs> oh, this is awesome. Where, where mm-hmm. can folks reach out to you and say thanks? I'm Curtis McHale everywhere. Uh, my site is curtismchale.ca, and that's M-C-H-A-L-E. Uh, and I'm on Curtis McHale on Twitter when I check it, which is, another, again, another constraint. I don't have lots of spots to check it. And I suppose I'm on Facebook and stuff, but I don't ever check there, so don't bother. <laughs> awesome. So basically, he told you where he's not. So Yeah, that's where I'm not. And definitely yeah. go check and, uh, out his book, his new book, Analog Productivity. You can find that on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. And uh, it's a good read. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, then head on over to liveinthefeast.com and subscribe. Leave Curtis and I a five-star rating and review in iTunes as it will help others find this episode too. Next week, I'll be back with Philip Van Dusen talking about his journey from being a trained painter to designing the number one t-shirt on the planet and now a YouTuber who's cracked 125,000 subscribers. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast.